Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. All my friends are heathens, take it slow. Wait for them to ask you who you know. Some of you might be familiar with the band 21 Pilots. Those opening lines to their popular song, Heathens, capture an equally popular line of reasoning found among Christians in our, sadly, how-to-do evangelism material. The general principle, when you interact with unbelieving friends, take it slow and wait for them to ask you who you know. Don't get all churchy on them right away. Meet them where they're at, take it slow, and wait for them to ask you about Jesus and church and all that stuff you're into. Whatever you do, don't be pushy. Don't be too judgmental. If you come on strong, you could chase them off. So take it slow. This is what we often call worldly wisdom, and it has no place in the church. I mean, I dig 21 pilots, but I most certainly ain't grabbing my evangelism tactics from them or from anything that even smells like it was scooped from the same bland box of oatmeal. Jesus is nothing close to oatmeal. And his word is full of passages that express the urgency of the gospel, of spreading Scripture's message to all the unbelievers in our lives. What did the Lord say this morning in Jeremiah 26, 5? Listen to the words of my servants, the prophets whom I send to you urgently. So what's wrong with taking it slow? Well, For one thing, it plays into the devil's hand. Jesus was casting out a demon that was mute. Luke 11, 14. Satan doesn't want us to speak God's word to anybody ever. So he starts with the reasonable sounding, tactical, evangelical temptation. Just be patient. Patience is a good thing. The Lord says so. So be patient. And wait for a natural opportunity to start talking about your Heavenly Father, about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, about the Holy Spirit. Wait until your neighbor asks you about your faith, asks you who you know. And then, by all means, speak up. But what happens? What happens with this strategy? You get comfortable waiting. And then we get to a point where we never end up talking about Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, ours and our neighbors. Because we've already loaded our minds with the rationale to not speak about anything that might offend our unbelieving neighbor until the time is right, we tell ourselves. And so we're off the hook. And isn't that what we all really want to be? Off the hook. Us, as Christians, and our heathen friends, they don't want us to talk about Jesus at all. 
if you do break the spell and you are paying attention to your conversations with your neighbors and you see an opportunity arise to bring up Jesus, imagine the confusion your neighbor wrestles with when you try to convey that Jesus is the most important thing in your entire life and their life, his life, her life. That God's word is the only thing that matters in this world because it creates saving faith. It gives eternal life. The person you're talking to is confused because they've known you for a long time and you've never, ever said anything about this. He's confused because if you truly believe God's word has eternal consequences, that it's a matter of life and death to believe in Jesus, why haven't you brought it up sooner? Why don't I know this? So taking it slow reveals hypocrisy. It reveals that we're a divided kingdom, a divided house within ourselves. It implants a wedge between your new man alive in Christ and your old man still getting down with that artist formerly known as the Prince of Demons, Beelzebul, Satan, the strong man. Thank you guys for noticing that little turn of phrase. You never see or hear the devil and the wedge in your heart because you're not paying attention to it. But that little wedge starts off so small, is driven deeper and deeper and deeper into your heart as time goes on until you become an ineffective witness because you're never speaking about the things that matter. And now you're, you're primed and you're ready to justify why you don't. And we even use Christian language to justify our inaction. We become a house divided. A house hosting a silent rave for mute demons, never speaking anything of eternal consequence to our heathen friends, never sharing God's word with them, so therefore never loving them. In today's gospel, Jesus teaches us about divided kingdoms. What's he say? They're laid waste. A divided house falls, he says. The divorced person understands this very well. A household split in two, divided. History books also teach us this. They're full of examples of nations being destroyed, not from foreign threats, but domestic threats from inside. It's true for nations, and it's true for households. It's true for the church, and it's true for all of us Christians within it. Are we really surprised at the decline of the Christian church in the West? I mean, are we really surprised that people are exiting the church faster than they are entering? Because we're a house divided in the West. Even at the individual Christian level, I'm a house divided. What did Yahweh the Lord tell Jeremiah in our Old Testament reading? Speak all the words that I command you to speak. Do not hold back a word, a single word. Romans 1, 16 and 17, I am not ashamed of the gospel. 
For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written. The righteous shall live by faith. Note that, from faith for faith. It's God's economy at work. People today, people of all times, aren't just zapped with saving faith. Christina didn't just one day wake up and go, oh, I believe in Jesus. It came to her some way. Her faith was developed within her because people around her spoke about their faith. And the same is true for every Christian. From your faith in Christ Jesus, for the faith of those who will hear you speak about it, is what that passage from Romans is talking about. That's the economy of the righteous and how we live by faith. Someone else shares with us their faith and then we believe too. And we share our faith with them and they become believers too. In Christ crucified for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank God Jesus didn't hold back a word. He is the word of God made flesh and he didn't hold back anything but gave us his entire life to make us faithful Christians, righteous Christians, forgiven sinners, sainted sinners. We are those whom the Lord loves. God didn't take it slow when you were still a heathen, walking in darkness. And now we have the privilege of loving other sinners, other heathens, as God does us. Therefore, we read in our Ephesians reading this morning, be imitators of God as beloved children, as little Ruthies, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And Paul encouraged Timothy not to take evangelism slow, but he said, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, Paul says. And then he tells Timothy, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Share in the suffering. If you're not speaking about Jesus because you're afraid how people might judge you, you're afraid you might cause turbulence in your family, read 2 Timothy 1.8 for yourself. Share in that suffering. That's your sharing in the cross. Yeah, that's hard and it hurts. But that's when we rejoice over that suffering. We get to participate in it. Jesus, never speaking with oatmeal in his mouth, says in Mark 8.38, whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. God doesn't, guarantee that everything will go swimmingly when you speak about Jesus. In fact, he all but guarantees the opposite. Take up your cross, deny yourself, participate in the suffering. Expect to suffer for Jesus. Some people will reject your words and they will even hate you because you speak them. But, ha, 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 what did we hear in Jeremiah? It may be that they will listen to you 
and every one of them turn from his evil way. It may be that you win someone over for the Lord in your boldness to speak the truth, in your willingness to suffer, in your willingness to be hated. It may be they will listen and they will believe. And God continues that I may relent of the disaster that I intend to do to them because of their evil deeds. You shall say to them, thus says Yahweh, the Lord, if you will not listen to me to walk in my law that I have set before you and to listen to the words of my servants, the prophets whom I send to you urgently, though you have not listened, then I will make this house like Shiloh and this city a curse for all the nations of the earth. This is why it's bad advice to take it slow. For one thing, another thing, we don't know if we have tomorrow. We don't know if they'll ever have a chance to hear the gospel if you don't speak it today. We shouldn't take God's timing for granted. He puts you in their life at that particular moment. Use that moment and that moment alone. In Hollywood, Joss Whedon, the guy responsible for the Avengers movies, he always says, you dump it all in the first movie. The movie you're making at the moment, you put it all right there in that movie because you don't have a chance. You don't know if you'll have a chance to do another movie. It may bomb in the box office. There may be no sequel. So don't wait for the big guns to the next one. Use them now. That's the truth here in the gospel. Don't wait. Speak. How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? Romans eleven fourteen. Tell the people in your life about Jesus. And be surprised. Be joyfully surprised when they listen. Because we're all hurting. We all need Jesus. We want to hear the good news. Even if we want to deny that we want to hear the good news. Be like Paul in today's Ephesians reading. Don't hold back a single word. Speak the soft words, those ones are easy, but also speak the hard words. Speak them in love, but speak them. What does Paul say? For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. That's a hard word to hear. And he says, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness. That's another hard thing to hear. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. See, this is the sin that convicts us all. I could have preached a sermon on sexual immorality, on impurity, on covetousness. But the sin that hits everyone in this room, for sure, is that we don't want to speak about Jesus as much as we ought. We want to hold back when we shouldn't hold back a single word. Even as a pastor, I don't want to speak the word the way I'm supposed to. Jeremiah didn't want to, to speak all of that. He didn't want to face death. And so the Lord made sure to tell him, don't you hold back a single word. I'm with you. 
We hold back some of God's word as it pertains to our own lives, even. And that's how we become a house divided, because we know the truth. And we hold back the word that our dearest neighbors, our family, our friends need to hear because we don't want to upset them. We need to get that out of our heads. Speak the truth in love. And let God worry about where the chips lie. Let Him deal with that. We don't speak the truth because we're afraid of the strength of Satan. We give ourselves over to the mute demons. We let them silence us when they have no business doing anything with us as Christians. We let them silence us with worldly wisdom and empty words that allow us to do what we want to do, which is nothing. I don't want to have to speak. Lord, wouldn't you rather send someone else? I'm going to do this nothing. They can do it all. But you know the truth, brothers. Christ is stronger than the demons. He is stronger than Beelzebul, the prince of the demons, Satan, the strong man. He is stronger. And he has already attacked our enemy. The war is over. Satan has been annihilated and the Lord has divided his spoil. We've received some of that armor. We've received some of what used to belong to Satan, this world. We get to use that. It's ours in Christ. He did this upon the cross. He is the stronger man, plundering the palace of the strong man. We have nothing to fear. And we have the evidence that we have nothing to fear in that empty tomb that follows the cross. Death couldn't hold Jesus. Couldn't hold him. And we are right to be gathered with him today. With Christ today. And to be gathered with him forever. In the eternal inheritance. The kingdom. That's what we want for our neighbors. When we're so afraid to speak about Jesus to them because we might push them away. Think about the eternal consequences. What if they're not with us in heaven? Wouldn't you rather push them away from you now than run the risk of never being with them again for eternity? And so we, we repent of our muted silence, recognizing we are muted so often. And we believe, believe, dear Christian, believe that you've been forgiven of all the silence in the past and you will be forgiven of all the silence that's to come. You're not going to do this rightly. We never do. Because you've been brought into the word that was not held back. Brought into Christ. He forgives you. He is your forgiveness. So speak truth in love. Let his word flow out of your mouth with all of your neighbors urgently. Do not hold back a word. Just like LJ is not going to hold back ice cream from Ruthie after church. <laughs> Ruthie just held her head up. I thought she was sleeping. Sorry, Dad, you're committed now. He sent his word into the flesh. His word has not been held back. Speak it. Let him go to war. You are inheritors of the kingdom of Christ. Amen. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts in Christ Jesus. 
to life everlasting. Amen. Amen. I like mint chip. So. <laughs>